Uh, I'm here at uh, the Barrel Room uh, here in uh, Canton, Ohio. Uh, I am with Carrie Sullivan, the sole proprietor of this establishment. This is a really cool place, first of all. I, I've never been here before. There's, we've been meaning to do this, and this is the first time we've finally gotten the chance to do it. I'm glad I got down here. There's a really cool vibe in here. You get, How long has this place been around? So it's been around since 2010, and then I bought it in 2014. Oh, and nice. we, we kind of, we're still very into wine, but we, we kind of went the craft beer route at that point and just kind of went after that audience. Well, it's a big, uh, it's a big growing audience now especially here in Ohio and uh, you know uh, it, it's paying out well for you guys uh, you're, we're here at a thirsty dog tasting uh, here on Valentine's Day and this room is packed yeah uh, we we've had a lot of great response so I'm happy with it how long have you been doing the tastings uh, we've been doing the tastings for a couple of years um, probably closer to three but the last two years we we do try to schedule at least one a month um, and prefer that somebody from the brewery is here so that it's, you know, the total experience. Um, and if, for people who haven't been here, how can, uh, what's the address and uh, where are you guys located? So we are here? in North Canton, um, 7901 Cleveland Avenue. Um, and pretty pretty easy to get to off the highway. So, you know, we have we have locals that come in, but we do have people that travel, especially for the tastings. Um, and we, we post those on our social media and our website. Um, we do try to boost those posts and... Um, the Craft Brew News is Northeast Ohio Craft Brew News has been uh, really good about sharing those tastings. So Rob's a really good dude. Yeah, and, he's and great. Very supportive of, of this industry, and it's yeah. really cool. Um, what was it? Just buying this place that kind of got you into it? Were you into uh, beer and wine no, beforehand? No, I was into wine. I oddly enough didn't drink beer at all. Uh, what kind of prompted me was feeling uneducated when somebody asked me. Uh, a question about the beers. The previous owner had a little bit of a selection, but not what we have now. And I didn't like to be uninformed. So I started dabbling a little bit and it was kind of downhill from there. I think that's been the, uh, <laughs> the, the common denominator with this industry is you get in, you get in, you get hooked and then you just fall down the rabbit hole. I just feel like it's, it's a very approachable culture. It's inclusive. Um, I, I do love wine, but I've, lo- I've met a ton of winemakers, and, and none of them are ever very friendly. Yeah, so th- the brewers, you know, we've, we've taken some time to get to know a lot of the brewers around here, and they're just great, and they, they're really passionate about what they do, which I totally respect. Um, so it's it's fun, and it changes so much that there's you can't get bored with it, in, in my opinion. And so. what was it about doing these taste what was the idea behind doing these tastings i mean it's it's paid off very well for you guys as we said uh, uh, re- great idea uh what was the kind of inspiration? well we had done wine tastings before but basically what we were finding was they they got a little too frequent and um to have those wine reps come out there's a lot more cost involved in those bottles and um I still have customers to this day that are like, we miss the wine tastings. And we do do them. We just don't do them as frequently. But nobody was purchasing anything. Um, so we're like, you know what? We're going we're gonna to try to do a couple of beer tastings. Um, I feel like even our female population that comes in here now, a lot, a lot of them are moving from wine to beer. So I thought it would be a good way not only to try new things, but to educate the people that are drinking it. So um, it really just took off from there. And we, you know, we have the Canton Craft Beer community, which Alex Fisher kind of put together. So... Generally, there's a large group of those people here. They're not here tonight with the holiday, but um, 
it's it just really it's become something fun every month that I think everyone looks forward to. Yeah, you know, it's a way for you to kind of learn a little bit more uh, about the beer and to hear it directly from you know the brewer's mouths or someone from the brewery's mouth. It it makes it a lot. It it, it sticks in your brain a little bit more. You take it away. With yeah, you yeah, take a little bit yeah. more away. Uh, that's been a lot of the fun for me doing this show has been just taking away the knowledge that that you get just from talking to people yeah. and you, you can't really know something if you like it until you taste it yeah now i kind of compare it to seeing somebody live in concert you may have liked them but once you see them live you have a different appreciation so it, it's really cool to see these brewers come out and and listen to them talk and some of the stories we've learned just at these tastings about how they got started or how they named a beer it's just it really is fascinating uh, and, you know, going to, you know, some of, not the quote-unquote unpopularity of the wine tastings, but the Thirsty Dog's not too far away from here. You know, there's that aspect of it, too, is it's people like to spend their money locally. Correct. And yeah, so, you know, you get, a, you get a vineyard coming in from California or somebody. It doesn't have that connection, I feel. I just feel like the whole... It's a little colder, you know. Yeah. The the beer thing is, and it's more inviting. It's just a warmer society, so to speak. Um, so it, it definitely is. It's it's a lot more busy than the wine tastings were. So we're happy with it. Nice. Well, uh, I'll let you get back to doing your thing. Anything else you want people to know uh, about uh, Barrel Room uh, that uh, that I might have forgotten to kind of? Cover? I would just urge you to keep an eye on our events. Um, we are constantly trying to to do fun stuff like this. Um, and again, there's usually 90% of the time there's someone, if, if it's not the brewer, we, we ask that somebody that's educated at the brewery come along. So um, we have one scheduled every month. We have shorts coming up soon, um, the end of this month. We have uh, Sandy Springs coming in April. Uh, we have Rheingeist coming back, um, which we did. We made that a patio tasting last year, and it was just a blast. So. It's just, it's just a fun way to learn a few new things and, and try some beers you might not get to try otherwise. Absolutely. Carrie, thank you so okay. much for being here and letting me lot. come down and uh, go and enjoy and mingle. I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm still here at the Thirsty Dog Tasting at the Barrel Room here in Canton. I have a really big honor right now to be talking to the brewer, the brewmaster of Thirsty Dog. Tim, how are you today? I am just fine, thank I'm you. I'm shake are, your hand. How are you? I'm yes. doing great. This has been this is a really great opportunity for me. I've been doing the show for about a year now, and Thirsty Dog has been one of the ones I really like to get down there and and uh, feature you guys on the show. But this is this is an awesome opportunity for me to be able to talk face to face with you. Thank you so much for being here. Talk a little bit about what tonight is for you guys. You're doing a tasting here. You're tasting four beers. What's the what are these tastings do for Thirsty Dog? Well, uh, we're, Thirsty Dog, as well as many other craft brewers, are still in a, a teaching phase uh, to let people know uh, what flavors are out there. Uh, I've talked to so many people over the year that uh, when they taste a uh, craft beer for the first time, they say things like, oh, wow, that has more flavor than I expected and things like that. And when you get into these bourbon-barreled beers that uh, we're tasting today, bourbon barrel, Chardonnay barrel uh, beers, the complexities of the beers are uh, over the top relative to your first taste of a craft beer. So this is the this is still a continuation of the learning process, and uh, the barrel aged beers as well as sour beers are kind of like the next growing phase of uh, craft beers. So. Uh, 
we still want, we still need to uh, teach people and uh, introduce them into uh, things. It's nice we got a full crowd here tonight. They're obviously very open uh, to this thing. Uh, inexpensive evening, four different uh, barrel beers for fifteen bucks, yeah, and they're nice sized portions yeah. that they that they serve. These are like here. eight ounce pours. Yeah, these are nice. So that set is really nice, and of, of course, sometimes that draws people in. But uh, they're asking uh, our barrel master Joe some very interesting, intriguing questions, and, and you can tell that these people have a desire and a love, and. We all enjoy seeing that. That's what it does yeah. for me. That's what it does for Thirsty Dog. And uh, Joe, I know, enjoys it too when uh, you have good feedback and you feel like what you're doing is very worthwhile. Now, when you started brewing in this industry, these kind of events weren't really going on all that much, were they? These kind of tastings and all that. No, they, they weren't initially. And, uh, oh, go ahead. Keep they, they were being, when people came into the breweries, for instance, Great Lakes is the first one in Ohio. Great Lakes Brewing yeah. Company up in Cleveland. That was 1988. And I can remember being there uh, all afternoon long, and me and my buddy were the only people in there. Wow. And later I got a job there, uh, and as you could see people slowly progressing, the bartender's job was to do what we're doing right now. Okay. And little by little, uh, they started getting the mentality that, well, we should be teaching people. We should pair our beers with food. We should possibly introduce home brewing clubs to our uh, brewery and maybe let them have their meetings here and things like that. And so the, the process continued, started, grew, and continued today. And I don't know of any brewery that doesn't go out and try to sell their product to uh, the uh, public. Well, it's a great thing. It's a way for the brewers to get out here and meet the people that are drinking your beer and hear direct feedback. You know, it's nice to be able to sit here, talk to you and say, okay, this barrel-aged uh, Siberian night that we're having with uh, dark, with cherries and stuff, yes, it's great. You know, yes. it has these notes. And it's got to be rewarding. That's got to be rewarding for you, too, as a, to hear that kind of feedback. Well, it is. And uh, bear in mind that Thirsty Dog is a microbrew. Right. We're not a brew pub. So people don't come into our place, sit at a table, get food, and you can actually go there and talk to them about, hey, how do you like the beer? What's it do? You know, what don't you like? What do yeah. you like? We have a tasting room open now, uh, real close to Thirsty Dog, just a few uh, buildings from it. And we're able to do that. But when you're a microbrewery, you've got to go out to find out what your feedback is. Mm -hmm. The only other source of feedback is sales. Yeah. And though that tells you that it's selling, it doesn't tell you why it's selling and what they like about it. That's a really interesting point. I, I hadn't thought of it like that before because, you know, something's selling, selling fast, selling good. But why? And that's a really, that's a really interesting point. And I, I hear you guys probably get so much great feedback. Mm -hmm. you know, out of these types of events. Oh, yeah. What's been one of your favorite things that you've done at Thirsty Dog? Oh, wow. <laughs> if you could pick one. <laughs> well, that's a heck of a question. Uh, you know, I, I pretty much uh, built Thirsty Dog Absolutely. on my recipes and all. Uh, I would, Legendary. I would almost, uh, wow. Uh, I'd almost have to look at a recipe uh, as how it affects sales at Thirsty Dog. For okay. instance, 
I, I'd have to say our, our Christmas sale, which is Fantastic. a huge, huge seller such for Thirsty great. Dog, has such a infamous uh, background yes. uh, to it, mm-hmm. um, and we get so much wonderful feedback on it. That's uh, I, I love that beer, and I, I like what it has done for myself and for Thirsty Dog, of course. My, uh, my dad is a huge, huge fan of, of 12 Dogs. Yep. And he, he drinks with his dog. He doesn't give his dog the beer, but he does drink with his dog. And that's one of his favorite things to do, is to drink a 12 Dogs of Christmas with his dog. <laughs> and so I wanted to tell you that story. I had to tell you that story. That's and he, cool. That's what a he good does story. every year at Christmas time, he'll go and buy a six pack, and then he'll keep the bottles and he'll put them around his tree, and he'll decorate his Christmas tree with Thirsty Dog Twelve Dogs bottles. Oh, and it's in his barn. We need a picture of that on our uh, Facebook. Page. I will get a picture of that when it's up next time. He, I think he just took it down, unfortunately. But uh, next time it's up, I will get a picture of that for that, you. That sounds really good, uh, Tim. I'll, I'll let you get back to enjoying your evening here. I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with me, you um, and hopefully I can get down and see you guys soon, and we can do a full-on feature on Thirsty Dog. Sounds real good. Thank, Thank you, Tim. Enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you. You too. Uh, I'm here with Joe over at the uh, Barrel Room. We are at the uh, t- Thirsty Dog Tasting. Joe, you work for uh, you work for Thirsty Dog. You uh, tell the people a little bit about what you do for Thirsty Dog. Yeah, so I'm the head brewer over here at Thirsty Dog. Uh, I've been with the company for about five years. Mainstay is pretty much just keeping people safe for the most part, a lot Mm -hmm. of paperwork, um, all that fun stuff. But my kind of actual job behind all that is, you know, being involved with the barrel program and just heading that up. Nice. Uh, And that's the theme of tonight is we're trying four different barrel-aged beers. Uh, The first one was a barrel-aged Saison. And it was a Chardonnay barrel? Yes. Ooh, that sounds, that's a nice combo. And uh, Saison's a nice style to kind of play with has that been like your experience as a brewer yeah yeah it's a very nice open platform um they can oftentimes be super peppery or they can go all the way to that nice light a little bit of brett funk and then a little bit touch acidity and that's kind of what we have with our saison de chardonnay right now yeah i like that i like that a little bit more than than kettle sours i'm not a big kettle sour guy but that's just me there's something for everybody if we all like the same thing we'd all have one kind of beer (laughs) yeah yeah. yeah, exactly right and then uh we we also also had a, a, a barrel-aged Siberian night yeah. that you did with cherries. Yeah, yep. Let's talk a little bit about that. What, what was it about the, the cherries that made you go, okay, cherries? Yeah. So um, it's always been a classic combination, I would say, in the brewing world for almost any beer to have that cherry aspect, whether it be a sour, whether it be a stout, whether it be even you know reds I've seen with cherries. Uh, and it was something that's just been a classic combination. We sat down and kind of went through a bunch of varieties of different ingredients of what we could add and what we could use to just make things taste better as mm-hmm. they are are enhance the flavor but not cover it up you know add to that profile and uh we landed on sweet cherries for you know our siberian night and especially for our barrel aged siberian night uh it just worked out perfectly it's nice subtle touch with enough fruit but not too much nice uh because that's always a balance issue you know you can get too much you can get too little trying to find that strike that balance with with flavor especially using like cherries or you know pumpkin in the next yeah. one you know that's it's that's a that's you know that that mix of art and science that they say you know brewing is it's uh, more power to you, man. I don't have the patience to do what you do. Uh, and the, uh, the beer helps, you know. Yeah, a lot yes, of beer. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and part of you were saying a little bit earlier. Part of your job, you had to taste 
60 different yeah, samples yeah. today. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're little one-ouncers, yeah. but, you know, that adds up. That's almost a half gallon. Yeah, so it was uh, all barrel-aged samples. We're doing a little bit of spring cleaning, going through some barrels, uh, retasting everything, making a game plan for the rest of the year nice. about what we want to produce when. Uh, so we had about 180 casts that had to get tasted oh, in total. Wow. Uh, over the past two weeks, and I kind of put things off, got a little lazy maybe, you know, and yeah, had to happens. cram it into two days. So yeah. uh, yesterday I had 73 samples, and then today, since I was coming here, I took it a little lighter. A little lighter. Yeah, it only 60. went 60. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a tough job, but someone's got to do it. Yeah. Uh, and then you, we also have a barrel-aged uh, pumpkin. Yeah. Uh, bur- you do a bourbon and a rum yes, barrel of yes. both of these. What's the differences in working with those barrels? Um, the... <laughs> Any brewer that's listening to this or anybody that works, you know, with, with barrels themselves, I think their immediate answer is going to be rum barrels suck. Uh, they <laughs> it's are the, the integrity <laughs> of the barrel itself. Is that a crap. lot of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rum barrels that you get, um, they're most times age standing up, so there's strike one. Uh, that whole face of the barrel that usually is on the side yeah. has all this oxygen pouring into it during its aging process. Interesting. So you're going to have... On top of, you know, another hole drilled into it that you have to seal, you're going to have to seal that whole face of that barrel. Oh, wow. Uh, and it's it's a struggle. I've done acupuncture with toothpicks, uh, beeswax. Wow. We've often thought about using Flex Seal. Obviously, the FDA doesn't like that, so <laughs> yeah. we can't. But yeah, right? it has crossed our mind a few times just slapping <laughs> some Flex Seal on there, you know. <laughs> Uh, that's fine. And, you know, it's slightly different than your regular pumpkin yes. ale. Yeah. It's, you know, it's just not just a beefier version of it. Just slight tweaks and stuff yeah. here. Keep it a little interesting, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, um, so that it's not just sampling the same exactly. thing, yep. just in a barrel. Yeah, There's right. still some nice new additions to it. Uh, and what's the last beer? Uh, uh, the last beer is probably my favorite we're serving tonight. It has kind of a near and dear thing to my heart. Um, it's a coffee barrel-aged Siberian night. Uh, so it's been aged in bourbon barrels for about anywhere from eight to two years, depending on oh, which wow. batch. Uh, we do a lot of blending and mixing, so we'll go back and nice. forth and mix down a little bit. But uh, but we've now taken this, and then we've added cold brew coffee that's been cold brew for 48 hours that's added into the, uh, the beer directly after it's done finishing. And nice. it's all from uh, our friends over in Kent at Bentry, nice. who in my humble opinion makes some of the greatest coffee around yeah they got uh, some good stuff so so we love using them love doing a partnership with them they make a nice little custom blend for us yeah keeping and, it uh, local too yeah yeah that was a big thing um and it's it's been amazing it's one of the best beers that i think we've done in a long time uh it's been consistent and it's been just something that's fun that's awesome yeah. what's been one of the big highlights for you in your time at thirsty dog that's a, that's a little bit tough, but I would have to say definitely going out to these festivals like Great American Beer Festival oh, yeah. uh, or even our own conferences like our Craft Brewers Conference. Yeah. It, those things is where you meet these different people from all walks of life, from all parts like of the world, let alone yeah. just the country. And you get to talk with them about these crazy ideas. Uh, I've met with people from like the brewery out of GAF. Not GAF. Yeah, not GAF. <laughs> Not the boys in Worcester, <laughs> but uh, but they uh, there's you know talking with them and meeting with some of them just about learning things off of them and just sharing ideas and just crazy thoughts of just you know like oh it'd be cool if you did this and it's like you oh, thought about yeah. using that yeah 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 it's it's a lot of fun learning and the community that we have is just it makes it so much better yeah that's what I talk um, about a lot on the show is the community yeah. aspect of this yeah. of this industry it's great to hear you know coming out here and hearing directly from all these fans of yeah. Thirsty Dog. 
what you what they like, what they don't like, and that's got to be really rewarding for you yeah, guys. Yeah, it is. It's amazing. It's probably the best part of the job, to be honest. Outside of the beer, of outside course. of absolutely, yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, Joe, I'll let you get going. Uh, go mingle, do your job, uh, tell people about this wonderful beer. I appreciate you taking the time to come over and, and stop by and talk with me a little bit on the show. And uh, hopefully, I get down to see you guys, and uh, we'll do a full feature on the show. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. All right, man. Yeah, man. Have Thanks. a good one. Yeah.